Well, hey there. Good to be with you for a few minutes on this rather chilly morning in the new year of 2018. I uh, had some thoughts that I felt like the Lord had uh, given to me uh, over this holiday season and uh, just haven't had much of a chance to share in a public setting. So I thought, well, you know, I, I've got this little studio thing going on here and so I might as well take advantage of it and just share some of the things that uh, that the Lord's been giving me you know hopefully they're encouraging uh, encouraging <laughs> yes it's morning I'll get my mouth in gear so you just pray for me how about that <laughs> so um you know, if if you're like me and like most folks in our, I guess in our stream, we uh, we tend to want to know well, what's the Lord saying for the new year, and it's fine. You know, it's just it's our human uh, aspect, I guess, that we we see a new year coming. We know that that means that it's like a reset, and we can hopefully make some changes, do some things that we didn't get to in the prior year, you know. And we all have those, you know, those lists, right? Um I don't know about you, but I don't I don't do resolutions anymore. I just kind of see, well, Lord, what are you focusing on right now? Because if I stay in agreement with you, I know I'll be successful in doing that, right? Um <clears throat> And you know, there's been the usual number of prophetic words that have been shared, you know, over these past weeks concerning what the Lord is saying and, and doing for this new year. And again, that's fine. You know, it's, I think it's become part of our, of our culture, at least in, in our stream of the church. I don't know whether they do this in, you know, in denominational uh, churches or or other areas of the of the body of Christ, but <clears throat> you know here in this you know charismatic Pentecostal prophetic apostolic <laughs> you know it's just just part of what we do you know so it's fine so you know I have had my share of those kind of wow words that the Lord has shown me over the years, you know, concerning uh, what he was focusing on for a new year. And, you know, it's, again, it's fine. It's good, you know, and here's what I understand about that. You know, any prophetic word that you see out there that really resonates with you, with your spirit, grab it, hope, you know, <laughs> believe it. Declare it, because that's all that matters. The Lord is speaking. He is speaking in many, many ways through many, many people. And so if you run across something that really speaks to your heart, my goodness, grab hold of it. You know, <laughs> it's good. And so, um, you know, I've seen what's been put out there for this new year, and I don't disagree with any of it. You know, I don't. Um so as I was asking the Lord, you know, what what is it that you want to release to me, you know, for my life and for those that are connected 
to Heaven's Invasion and Kingdom Training Institute and you know all that sort of thing. What you know, what are you wanting me to release? And um, so immediately, I heard in my mind the last verse of First Corinthians thirteen. I was like, wow, that's interesting. That really was unexpected. <clears throat> and of course, that verse, verse 13 says, But now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And, you know, what I was initially surprised by in, in hearing that is how over these past few years, I've really been very focused on understanding and practicing hope and faith. You know, those things I've really dug into. Okay, what does it mean? What does it look like? Uh, those of you who've been part of our impact mentoring program, you, I hope, <laughs> recall that I've done some pretty extensive teaching on both of those things. And so when the Lord shared this verse, you know, with me as something that he's emphasizing uh, for me and for, uh, I think, those of you, again, that, that are uh, connected connected to our ministries, I was fascinated because, yeah, we've been focused on faith and hope, but now it's time to tie it all together, to kind of like tie it up and put a bow on it. <laughs> Because the greatest of these three bedrock foundational aspects of the kingdom of God, of the nature of God, right? They, it ha that has to be in place in order for us to be whole and complete and mature as his sons and daughters. So... You know, as I as I thought about it, meditated on it, and you know, dialogued with the Lord about it, I realized that, you know, for a long time in my life, and I suspect in yours as well, 1 Corinthians 13 is one of those passages that you would read or you'd hear read, and, oh, man, you know, the guilt that you would feel over what Paul writes here, you know, is like, oh, man. Because it, it tended to make you feel bad about how poorly, you know, how poorly I'm doing in living up to all this stuff that Paul writes about when it comes to love. And so you have this kind of perspective with it that <laughs> I just don't want to, you know, it's like I can't think too much about it because it makes me feel bad, you know. And the Lord began to kind of break some of that off of me a number of years ago in the central passage of this, which we'll get to in a moment. Um, and so I was really excited to to look at the whole chapter and realize that, man, we really still are under a very religious perspective when it comes to understanding what the Lord is saying here for us as his sons and daughters in his kingdom, 
Okay? Because this, this chapter is not in any way placing some kind of unattainable standard or a, an impossible to follow requirement upon us as his kids. But again, that's what, that's how it has felt, you know, and man, I'm so, here's, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to go through the chapter and I'm just going to share some thoughts with you and hopefully this will be, uh, be helpful for you as it has been for me. So starts out, <clears throat> if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I've become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I deliver my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. And that's, you know, of course, that, that first passage is like, oh, man, that, you know, I, I just fail at this. I'm, you know, <laughs> I could never do these things. That's the thing that we struggle with when we read this. <clears throat> but here's what we're missing. What we're missing here is the fact, the bedrock truth that we have this love that he speaks of. Well, how do I know that? Well, because in so many scriptures, it talks about how we are filled with Christ. We are filled with the one who is love. God is love. We are filled with him, right? Paul talks about in, in Romans 5, how the Holy Spirit is shed abroad in our hearts, right? The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. We are those who come into an, an encounter with his love, right? Paul talks about that in Ephesians 3 when he prays that we would know experientially the height, the depth, the length, and the breadth of that love, even though it surpasses full human comprehension. Yet he prays that we would know that, we would experience that, and thus be filled up with all the fullness of God. So it's in the context of knowing his love, of experiencing his love, which we have, we have access to, right? What did John say in his letter? Perfect love casts out fear. <laughs> and we, as God's kids, we have access to that perfect love all the time. This is not something that we have to strive after, to try to attain in our lives. Instead, we can rest in the truth that his love is ours. You know, when Jesus said to his disciples, a new commandment I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. He gave us the key to all of this, right? Because the Bible again says that we love, this was John, right? In his letter, he says we love because he first loved us. So unlike the old covenant, where the best that they could do was to love their neighbor as they love themselves, 
that was all that that the human uh, spirit, that the human mind and, and will and emotions was capable of under the old covenant. Why? Because they didn't have Holy Spirit. So the best that anyone could do under that dispensation was to love another person as they love themselves. And so, of course, that spawns or spawned really this this line of teaching that, well, if you don't love yourself, you can't love others. <laughs> and there's truth to that. There is truth to that. But it completely ignores the reality that we have the eternal, never-ending love of the Father in us. Paul brings this out in such great detail in Romans 8 when he says there is nothing that can separate us from his love. And he lists all those horrible things, you know, death and, and persecution and, and, and I, you know, I don't have it memorized, so I can't, you look it up. It's in at the end of, of Romans 8 where he lists all of these things. And he says, none of that can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And so we are those who are intimately and forever surrounded, saturated, just overwhelmed with this amazing agape love that the Father has, right? This love that is focused on what is best for us and for for others through us, right? And so we've got to read all this from that context and to recognize again that we're not trying to get there with this. We're already there. He's simply illustrating what it's like if you don't live out of that reality. If we don't live out of the reality of this love that is in us and is there to be released through us, then all this stuff that he's saying is going to be true that you know that we're we're going to be a clanging sound clanging symbol um we're we're going to be nothing we're going to you know do all this stuff and it won't profit us anything but here's what's even more fascinating because we are living and we can live out of the reality of this love that's in us <laughs> what he talks about here, flip this and realize that he's talking about what we are able to do out of the context, out of the reality of the love of God that's in us and upon us. Here's who we are. Here's what we get to do. We get to speak in the tongues of men and of angels. <laughs> Right? That heavenly language, as well as natural languages. You know what? This has caused me to say, well, okay, Lord, I need an anointing to help me learn a foreign language quicker than I would ordinarily. <laughs> you know, I want to do that. I don't want to have to sit there and study for hours on how to uh, speak. You know, in my case, I'm, I'm, I've been trying to learn Portuguese over these, you know, past number of years because of my connection with Brazil and wanting to be able to speak with them without a translator. So that's something that's challenging me, right? 
He says prophecy, right? Having the gift of prophecy, but knowing all mysteries and all knowledge. That's accessible to us. In this, in this reality of having his love, I now have access to mysteries and knowledge. That's amazing. So again, that, that draws me into a greater desire for and pursuit of these things, right? And he goes on to say, um, with faith, right? To move mountains, to remove mountains, right? That's what we get to do. We, in this context of the love of God that we already have, that we already live out of, we have faith to move mountains and remove mountains, whatever, you know, whatever it looks like. So it's, it's an amazing thing when you begin to, to, to understand how we are now capable of stuff. Why? Because we're in this relationship with the Father where we have his love flowing in us and through us to do the things that he wants for us to do. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. So now we get to this other section here, which is really the heart of, of this teaching on what love is. And again, you know, we used to read that and go, well, you know, I'm not patient. I'm not kind enough. I, I get jealous and, you know, and all these other things. We, we look at the, the way we failed, you know, at illustrating these things. And again, that's the religious view. What is the kingdom viewpoint about this, again, is to realize that he's describing what we're capable of, what is actually true of us now. And so to bring that home, what the Lord showed me a number of years ago was replace the word love in verses four through eight. Replace the word love with your own first name. Yeah. I mean, when you when you first do it, it's like, oh man, this feels like heresy, but it's not. You know, to be able to say, Russ is patient, Russ is kind, and is not jealous. Russ doesn't brag, he's not arrogant. Speaking about myself, you know, that's the true, that's my true nature. Now, okay, I don't always live up to that. I don't do it perfectly. But it doesn't take away from the reality that this is who I really, really am as a son of God, as one who is one with Christ, right? So, you know, I don't act unbecomingly. I don't seek my own. I'm not provoked. I don't take into account a wrong suffered. I don't rejoice in unrighteousness, but I rejoice with the truth. Uh, verse 7 is is really, it's like, mm. I bear all things, believe all things, hope all things, endure all things, and the love in me never fails. So I don't fail in this. See, that's who you really are. And so I, I challenge and encourage you to do this for a while. Read through that section by and, and put your name there. You know, or, or change it into a first person declaration. You know, I'm patient. I'm kind. You know what I'm saying? That will, will so rewire your thinking that it'll help you to understand 
that this is what's normal. This is who I am and what I can do. It's just phenomenal, right? And then in verse 8, you know, he writes, um, it says, Love never fails, but if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. And, uh, you know, I over the years, I've run across people who, and maybe you have as well, who who read that and take that little phrase there, if there are tongues, they will cease, as an argument for why the gift of of praying in tongues and speaking in tongues is no longer valid for today. (laughs) I would just laugh at them and say, okay, well, if that's the case, then you're also proving whether you realize it or not, the rest of the verse, which says that if knowledge, it will be done away with clearly knowledge has been done away with, with you. (laughs) You know, he's talking about when we finally get to glory or glory comes when Jesus comes and, you know, everything gets uh, finally made into what the Lord wanted from the very beginning. Yeah, of course, at that point in time, there'll be no need for prophecy. There'll be no need for tongues. Um, The knowledge of our human minds will have been uh, perfected, you know, so our knowledge, our trying to pursue knowledge, it will no longer be necessary, right? So, yeah, that's going to happen at some point. <clears throat> and then he goes on to say uh, in verses 9 and 10, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away with. And again, that's been used <laughs> as a proof text you know, that God doesn't speak to us anymore like he did in the New Testament or in, you know, the first century, you know, because the perfect has come and they they say the Bible is the perfect, you know, it's like, yeah. So God just basically said, okay, you got my book later. (laughs) What kind of father would do that? Here, I'm going to write you, you know, I'm going to write my kids a long letter and say, here here you go. Here's everything I want to say to you. Leave me alone. (laughs) Come on. So anyway, um, what I will say about this is that it's true that we know in part and we prophesy in part. And I think that is just so helpful for us to remember because many times when we receive revelation, right, it just seems so powerful, so deep, so big to us that we think we've gotten it all, but we, we really haven't and we never will. There's always going to be parts of it that the Lord is going to give to somebody else. You know, no one is going to be ever become someone that doesn't, you know, <laughs> you're always going to need others. That's the point, right? So I can never come to a place where I think I have it all. You know, the moment I do that, I've taken my first step down the road to deception. And that's that's just the truth. Okay, so we... we need each other to fill in the blanks, fill in the gaps when it comes to prophecy and knowledge. And then um, verse 11, when I was a child, I used to speak as a child, think as a child, reason as a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. And that right there is what I believe the Lord is emphasizing for us in this season. You know, a lot of us are on this journey of growth and of maturing in Christ, and and it's an awesome thing, and we're pursuing that. And the Lord is wanting, once again, to remind us that love 
is the reality that makes maturity possible. You see, because maturity, when you come into maturity as a son or daughter of God, what's happening in you is that you have become so secure in who you are as a, as a son or daughter of God that you're no longer affected by the nonsense that happens around you, the things that people say and do out of their woundedness, right? Out of their brokenness. That no longer has any real impact on you. I mean, yeah, you know, it, you may react momentarily to something that someone does or says that's hurtful, but you're able to step back and, and recognize that that behavior comes from a broken place, from a wounded place in that person. And, you know, I'm not justifying or condoning bad behavior on the part of other people, but I am recognizing that I can understand what's going on that's behind that behavior. And because of that, I can take a position that says, Papa, bring healing, bring wholeness, touch them, whatever needs to happen in their life that will bring them into a place of healing and wholeness so that that behavior is no longer necessary. You know, that's what we're talking about here. And so putting away childish things talks about not reacting in an immature way towards circumstances and situations and people and relationships and all those kinds of things. Why? Because I've become so settled in who I am as his son, resting in his constant, enduring, never-ending love for me, unconditional love for me, that I no longer have to feel the need to justify myself, right? To try to uh, make myself look good or, or, or defend myself from things that people say and do. You know, I, that's becoming less and less necessary in, in my life um, because of that, because I'm learning that I don't need to behave in those childish ways of lashing out and, you know, wanting to get revenge and, 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 you know, wanting to, you know, let people know how they've hurt me by giving them the cold shoulder, you know, the whole passive aggressive thing, <laughs> you know, that those kinds of behaviors are, are just not what a mature son or daughter uh, does. It's just not who we are, right? And so I feel like this this is what, what the Lord is, is really wanting us to understand about what he's emphasizing this year. Is that you and I can absolutely become free of those kinds of reactions, those kinds of, of ways of thinking, ways of feeling, right? So that we're able to truly demonstrate what a child of God looks like, what Jesus looks like, right? Living through us. And so he continues here in verse 12, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, just as I've also been fully known. And again, he's talking about that final dispensation when we are with the Lord for all eternity. And yeah, we we don't see things clearly here yet. Um, 
but he is drawing us into this relationship where he wants to reveal more and more and more of the truth about himself, about us, and about what he desires for our lives. And so, um, you know, Paul notes here that he's been fully known by the Father, and that's true. And the Lord is not holding back on showing us what he knows about us, what he knows about how he made you, what he made you for, what's your purpose, what's your destiny. You know, the Lord knows that. He fully knows who each of us is and what he what we were created for. And he's not holding back on that. What he is doing is he's waiting patiently for us to come into agreement with him concerning who we are and our willingness to do what Paul said here, to put away childish things. You know, if we're willing to do that, if we're willing to say, you know what, Lord, you, you have permission in my life to show me where I'm still childish. <laughs> okay. I mean, Jesus, Jesus actually said that we should be childlike. When, you know, when, when we relate to the Father, we want to be childlike. In other words, we want to trust Him and hear what he has to say and do what he tells us to, like a like a, a good child would, right? We don't know everything. We don't have it all figured out. So yeah, Daddy, I need you to show me. I need you to teach me. I'm going to be childlike, but I'm not going to be childish, right? What, what what's childish do? Well, temper tantrums and no, and you know all these things that we that we see, you know, our toddlers doing, right? I'm going to put that away because that's childish that's immaturity and so the father is inviting us into this journey of maturity of growth in him so that he can entrust to us those mysteries those deep things those desires of his heart you know that he wants to fulfill in and through us but he's not going to release that to folks who won't appreciate it, won't steward it wisely, you know? And all it takes is our recognizing that that's what he wants and saying, okay, yeah, I agree. I'm going to put aside all of my selfish things that I want and that, you know, Lord, I just, I want what you want. I'm going to agree with your plan for my life because I know it's going to be awesome, (laughs) right? Because he's good. And everything he says and does um, about us and for us is always going to be good. Right? So finally we get to verse 13. But now abide faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. And that's, that's what the Lord is really, I think, showing me in, in this phase of our life with him is now it's time to really allow for him to bring that transformation in us that allows for us to experience more of his love, but with the understanding that all that we experience of it is meant for us to release so others can experience his love. You see, that's got to be the foundation for all that we are and all that we do. That we're here basically to introduce the world to the love 
of our Heavenly Father. I'm like, wow. (laughs) And what I love about it is that, you know, he simplifies things so beautifully for us. You know, it's not complicated. It's like, oh, so I'm here to, to bless the world with the love of the Father. And you and I were created to do something unique, something amazing, something, you know, that's powerful, significant, that will absolutely release the blessing of the Father, His love through us to change the lives of many people. So I encourage you with that, that as you look to this year and whatever the Lord is is uh, showing you and, and you know enticing you with, saying, hey, come on, I got some cool stuff for you. <laughs> My prayer is, is that this this word will fortify and edify and strengthen you and just give you great encouragement as to who you really are and what you're really capable of as his son or daughter. It's a good thing. Thanks so much for taking a few minutes to just hang out with me through this video. Feel free to uh, reach out if you have questions or things you'd like to talk about. Uh, you can reach me at heavensinvasion at gmail.com, heavensinvasion at gmail.com. And uh, I look forward to uh, hopefully either seeing you or connecting with you on some level down the road. So until then, you be blessed and have a great day. Something.